0: And welcome to 9 to 42, the podcast from the team at the Guitar Show UK. Join us for interviews, updates and chat with artists, influencers and those that manufacture the gear that we love. Hello and welcome to Nine to Forty Two, which is the podcast from the guys at the Guitar Show UK. Uh, my exceptionally good friend Jace is on the screen. Uh, Jace, how the devil are you? I'm really good, mate. Thank you. How are you? I, I'm full of cold, actually. Truth be known. Yeah, uh, me too. Uh, and I had that proper man flu day yesterday, where I was just <laughs> pathetic. I was pathetic yesterday. Um, but my wife's lost all interest now, so there's no point actually even doing that anymore. I had to just get on with it today because I, I, there's no crowd to play to.
1: Oh, well, I, I haven't done that thing. I've just carried on. Really? Yeah. I don't know. know if,
0: I'm not sure if I believe that.
1: No, no. No, I have just carried on. Right. Not moaning at right. all right. about the fact that I've got a headache that hasn't gone for two days because right. of the pressure. Right. So just share it with our audience then. Yeah. That's where you're getting your therapy.
0: Okay, that's fine. Um, We are joined today, uh, and and we've only been trying to get this person on the podcast since pretty much when we started. Uh, Not saying that she's elusive, but we're we're joined by Hannah Trigwell. Hannah, how are you?
2: Good afternoon. (laughs) Yeah, I'm good. How are you? I'm not elusive, am I? Am
1: I? Um...
0: (laughs) I don't know. You can have flaky if you like. Which you prefer? <laughs>
2: oh, come on! <laughs> no, it's it's nice to it's nice to be here. We don't have any tea cakes, but maybe that can be rectified. I know.
0: I feel bad that I should have arranged to have something sent to you. Really, um, I know. If
2: you'd have said that, we would have had tea cakes. I might have committed earlier.
0: Earlier on, yeah.
2: <laughs> Hannah Han
0: and I have a, have a tea and toasted tea cake history.
2: Yeah. Uh,
0: and a fish game history. And yeah. We have a we have a strange kind of
2: dark backstory.
0: History. Yeah, yeah, boy, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember you once sending me a WhatsApp message that said something like "Get out quick, save yourself." I can't remember in what context. <laughs> what was
2: that? Was that at? Um,
1: I think it was at, a jazz festival. I
2: think that
0: was a jazz festival. Yeah,
1: Montreal. Yeah, it must have been. Yeah, we were a bit hung over. Jazz festival would. Um... Would have me running for the door as well. Oh
0: no, it was fantastic.
2: No. We uh, did. You know, back what? In... such a lack of jazz, wasn't there? Oh, there was no jazz <laughs> at all. It was great. It was, there was no, no
0: jazz <laughs> at all. Fantastic. We just, we just had a, a, a company credit card. We had this magic card that worked at the bar, and you just took it to the bar and you gave it to somebody, and they gave you, they gave you champagne. Wow. It was It was fantastic.
2: Stuff of dreams.
0: And we got royally pissed, really. Yeah. I seem to recall well I flaked I flaked about 3 or 4 in the morning I had a voicemail <laughs> from everybody about 5 saying where are you come back yeah, out Yeah we were Which, looking for you Yeah I flaked yeah. about about whatever time and uh, and you carried on you carried on going through to virtually daylight didn't you
2: Yeah, I remember coming down for breakfast and seeing you at the table and and being surprised that you were there. Somehow I thought you'd been, like, dragged off to, like, the other side of the city or something. We were like, where's Ant? Where is he? And then you were just there, like, just casually drinking orange juice at the table.
0: Yeah, I'm assuming
1: this was uh, Montreux.
0: This was at Montreux, yeah. So yeah. back in the day, for explanation and context, back in the day when I worked for Shaw, we used to do this trip once a year to the Jazz Festival in Montreux because Shore were a technical partner. And uh, on one of the years, um, Mary Spender, who we've had on the podcast, and myself, when she was working with us at Shore, we put together a kind of an influencers um, before influencers was even a word. I think uh, this this little trip, which involved people, uh, you know, like Hannah, Rachel Collier was on there uh Paul David's was on the trip for those of you who know paul and his and his work and um and, and we had a blast didn't we for i mean I felt yeah. very old because everybody was like twelve <laughs> and I was like forty <laughs> old uh, yeah, and i, and I just I just needed my rest uh, and plenty of naps <laughs> and uh and and we had a great time but but we we did royally cane it a bit at the bar um yeah it was recall.
2: great it was absolutely amazing would recommend ten out of ten.
0: Yeah, and I think at that point in time we are going back. When was that?
2: 2015, 2016? Oh my days, was it? Sorry. Yeah, because I uh, the past two years haven't really counted. No, have they, they haven't they, counted. But, um, yeah, it must be. It must be about two thousand sixteen. That's crazy.
0: And and on that trip, I think we had combined YouTube audience figures of you know, as in subscribers of about four and a half million amongst the, the half a dozen of you were there. Joe Joe Dolman was there as well, wasn't he? Guy was there. Um,
2: and, Andrew Huang was hang, Andrew, there. Wasn't yeah, he?
0: Andrew was there as well. So even back then, that that little group had sort of yeah, it must have been about four and a half to five million combined yeah. subscribers between you. Um, so it was quite a unique Should have little set up group. A
2: show really. I know I missed, I mean,
0: we we missed out there, didn't we? We
2: really did. I know. Yeah.
0: I know. <laughs> anyway, let's 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 <laughs> uh, apologies for the five minutes worth of. A podcast that nobody understands. Let's start at the beginning. Let's start at the beginning. So, Hannah, you are a singer-songwriter, and that's really how you started
1: out, isn't it? Yeah, yes. nodding doesn't work on a podcast. No, no.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, um, I, I started out writing songs in my bedroom, um, and then tried to get gigs locally and couldn't. Because the the promoter who I was speaking to at the time was like, "How many tickets can you sell?" And I was thinking, "How many people do I have as friends and family?" And you know, didn't really have an audience. And so, um, and so then I started busking, and then that was really great. And then, I, but then I was still like, "How do I grow this?" Because I can't, I can't tour nationally if I've only got an audience in one place. And then I, and then I found out about YouTube, and then, um, and then found an audience internationally through posting stuff online and it just kind of went from there
0: and you're from leeds aren't you yeah okay and you used to bus squat city center of leeds
2: yeah like the main street on Brigitte, yeah
0: right you're on Brigitte were you not the head row uh
2: no like buses are a bit noisy on the head row aren't they (laughs) yeah yeah but you had to run to get your spot oh wow it was you know there were really popular spots and if you didn't run to get them you'd you had to go somewhere where there was less footfall and it, it was really it was really competitive was actually. It? Was Crazy, a bit of turf yeah.
0: war thing going on. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. I bet you owned it, didn't you?
2: Um, I was quite fast right. with my little wheels, everything on wheels. <laughs> I used to absolutely peg it down Brigade to get to that spot. And then once i got there, very breezy, slowly, take everything out of the case. I'm here, I've arrived. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, there were there are a couple of spots, but there were there's there's quite a few um, men in their 60s, I think, at the time who who were also running to get the spots, right. and we used to see each other sometimes, and we used to be like, you know, <laughs> both of us running towards, ah, oh, I've got it, ah, higher, yeah, so it's funny. So,
0: so you said on wheels. Were... Oh, hang on, I need to ask. Sorry, Jason. you didn't have one of those those. Because I've just come back from Spain. I've had a week in Spain, and everybody of a certain age has one of those shopping trolleys. If you yeah, go to that a market. Was, was that you?
2: Yeah, absolutely. With the granny roller, that was me. Oh. Put my amp in one of them. Everything was strapped together with a bungee rope that I got from B and Q. It was a very professional setup.
1: Oh, <laughs> that's a great look.
2: Yeah, that really there is it was. A great. Bit.
1: Yeah. Sorry, Jace, I so interrupted. Brand, it? That's all right. The moment's gone. Carry on. Oh, have I ruined have I ruined your line? Oh i keep doing this. He hates it's me
0: most fine. of the time. Fine. It's fine. I'm just hurt. <laughs> so anyway, you're doing your buskin with your with your little yeah. granny trolley. Uh, yeah. and your little bit of running. Um did you yeah. not think about setting up some form of mafia style business to you know, to rent out the spots? I could have seen you doing that, a bit of underworld stuff going on in Leeds City Centre.
2: <laughs> um now that you say that, I'm thinking I really missed the trick there. Um, no, I did not think about doing that. I, knew, I mean, if I got there at a certain point in the morning and somebody else couldn't get a spot, then I felt a moral obligation to only perform for a certain amount of time and then you know, swap with someone else. But no, I didn't... Um, I, I wasn't the most powerful busker there, for right. sure. Right. Yeah.
0: But you... So you... In your little very quick resume of your story, you said that you discovered YouTube and you started posting videos online, which I'm assuming is, is just stuff in a room, you, guitar, singing into a, a phone or a camera or whatever and just upload it. But that's yeah. 2010,
2: 2011 kind of time? Yeah, yeah, 20, yeah.
0: So you you really are on the crest of that wave then because that's fairly early in the YouTube story, isn't it?
2: Yeah, because I think they, they only introduced... Um, 720p HD in 2008 and then full HD 1080 in 2009 and I know that that kind of coincided with them suddenly having like an exponential growth of audience um and at that point is when I started putting videos online so the timing of it was perfect for me yeah
0: and that was was that covers your own stuff mix of the two um
2: yeah, it was a mix. I, us- I used to do like three, two or three covers and then an original song or like an original song idea and then rinse and repeat sort of thing.
0: Right. And that, that took off fairly quickly? No. No?
2: <laughs> no, I was doing that for about two, two, two and a half years. Right. Um, and I would post once or twice a week every week. And the views were really low for for like two years. Yeah, really, really low. And then a couple of videos started getting a bit of traction. And then I just kind of upped the the production value, I guess, of the type of videos and the, the audio as well. And that's when things started taking off quicker. Um, yeah, it was really slow to begin with, really right. slow.
0: Right. So were you getting lots of pressure around when are you going to get a proper job kind of thing? Was that going hand in hand with this?
2: Yes, yeah, sort of. So I started busking a year before I went to uni. Right. And I was studying biology and I knew that I had I basically just thought to myself I've got I've got a year out. I'm going to busk. Um if I can't get to the end of the year and support myself just doing that, then I will go to uni. I went to uni and then I was like in my head I was like I've got three years to make this into like a sustainable career um so I was busking a lot and I was and then I started touring nationally and internationally and then by the time I'd come out I could just keep going and that was great but I, I was putting a lot of pressure on myself to try to not get a real job (laughs) (laughs) i was like how do i you know if this needs to move faster or how do i do this so that i can not have a real job by the end of uni um which is when all everybody was supposed to then have a real job um there was like some of my family i guess and some of my friends were like what are you gonna do after and i knew within the first couple of weeks of of studying biology that it that it wasn't for me so It never made sense to go down that route, but, yeah, otherwise I wasn't sure what what I would do. Did
0: you finish the degree then? Yeah. Right, so you've got a degree in biology?
2: Yeah, I've got an honours degree in biology.
0: (laughs) Which you've literally done nothing with.
2: Which I... Well, there's certain things that have come off the back of having a degree. Like, I've done a lot of um, guest lectures and some... Like I'm a senior lecturer at Leeds Conservatoire for Emerging Music Models. I'm not sure that I would have gotten opportunities like that if I hadn't gone to uni. Maybe would have, but um, I feel like it's a mixture of experience and actually having, having got a degree. Right. Yeah.
0: Okay, fine. Right, so you finish your degree, you've worked mm-hmm. out you're not going to work effectively, because it's not work, is it? Yeah. You know, really. <laughs> <laughs> in, in in most people's no. eyes it's not work is it um is
2: that thing isn't it like the, the the phrase has changed recently hasn't it from like find a job you love and you'll never work in your day a day in your life it's been flipped on its head hasn't it like you'll work every day for the rest of your life yeah. if you find yeah. a job you love yeah, yeah. i probably work way more than i would if i had like a nine to five i think
0: so where was the money coming from Was it just coming from the touring, or had you started to generate money from... Was YouTube helping to support you?
2: Yeah, so there was, like, um, during uni.
0: Yeah, well, just in this period. So (laughs) end end of uni and the fact that you made the decision very quickly that, you know, your biology degree wasn't really...
2: So I had um, YouTube revenue. Um, There were a couple of things at the time that were, like brand deal things I had a couple of um, relationships with production houses in Leeds and down south that were making music for adverts and I had a few syncs through them um, and then you know from merch sales and things like that it was it was quite narrow there were only a few revenue streams at that at that time
0: hmm. but of course at some point, the music industry started to wake up to what people like yourself were doing. So, having had years of, 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 of music instrument manufacturers and, and music retailers really just focusing on acts, uh, as in established touring, yeah. big, big. They they suddenly started to look at the the kind of following that you had because you you you'd got a decent following in, on on YouTube at this point. I mean, you were you know nudging up a million, weren't you?
2: Yeah, I think. Well, there were. I think the views now are on like 140 million views yeah. or something like this. Um, it was more the subscribers then, I was
0: I was I was going for because that's what. I...
2: So the subscribers. I don't. I, I mean, back then I think it was. At, I think it was on like two fifty thousand. Um. Which, yeah, and a and the the video views were fairly like consistent across the videos um but I I wasn't talking to a lot of it 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 was so still new like YouTube was still seen as like a new thing in 2012 it was still like oh you know she's putting videos on YouTube what's that yeah (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah
0: well I mean I remember when we start I mean you know we talked about going out to Montreux but that's that's when Shaw started to take some kind of interest in in what was going on so that's what 2015 2016 i wouldn't say we were the first to the party but i wouldn't say we were the last either yeah. um so even then you know 4 years after you were starting to get good number of views you know brand music brands were only just starting to get really really interested you've got a you've had a, a long term relationship with faith though haven't you faith guitars when did that start
2: yeah so that started Um, my producer used to work in a music shop about 10 years ago Um, (coughs) and he knew someone who was I guess in sales at Barnes and Mullins yeah um, at Faith so and then he was saying oh um, you know we were in the studio one day and I was thinking oh I need to get a guitar, what what kind should I try out? And he was like, have you tried these? And um, then he kind of introduced me to Alex at Faith and Rob and it was just through an email, really. Yeah, and I was just kind of... I said it'd be great to come and try them out and then when I did try them out, I was thinking... My first thought was actually, these are way underpriced. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, these you know it felt at the time I had a Taylor 614 I just was thinking this this feels actually like of that kind of level um but nobody knew the brand name or nobody that I knew knew the brand name um so it felt like a bit of an underground a little secret thing that found out about which was nice
0: and that relationship's been in place ever since hasn't it you you still do quite a lot work with faith now
2: yeah, so I've done some um, performances for them at like the UK Guitar Show and um, some videos and things with them, and at their at their where, at their warehouse. There, would you call it a warehouse where they build the guitars? Um, factory. Where, they, where they, the factory, the factory. A guitar um, buildy place. A guitar building area. <laughs> zone. Um Yeah, and yeah, just they're just great people as well, and I think that makes. All the difference, like it's, it's great to have a, a great product, but at the end of the day, if you don't click with someone, it's it's you, it doesn't tend to be a long relationship, I don't think.
0: No, no, they are they are a lovely, lovely bunch of people, uh, yeah. they really are. Right, okay, so that gets us we sort of 2016 2017 kind of area. At which point you decide to set up a record label, don't you? yeah okay
2: and that was um but there's been a few sort of instances in my career where I've been like you know do I do I do the major route do I go independent having built it up myself to a point where I could carry on doing music after uni and then and then touring and all this stuff um it made sense at that point to start releasing more music independently and um, Teapot Records was was kind of like made to facilitate that through a through a distributor.
0: Mm. And yeah. was it? Did you do it just for the purposes essentially of making it easy for you to put music out, or did because it's not quite that now, is it? It's 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 mushroomed, hasn't it now?
2: Yeah, it has a little bit. Um, originally, it was just to kind of house the records that were going out from me but then I started putting music out from other artists under Teapot Records and then um and then started doing some consulting and and kind of having like groups of people to consult for but then now it also encapsulates um some management like I, I'm working with an artist brand new artist right now and in a management capacity and that's feels like it's kind of fallen under teapot record so it's become it's become something bigger it's hard to describe what it is it's just like a
1: um well, it's a bit a, of a, a
2: house a house for the music i guess
1: it's like a one-stop shop though isn't it because i'm looking at the website now and you've got mentor mentorship uh advice royalty audit which i think yeah. is probably something that people don't really know how to do and yeah. that and that's something you you know i mean i think you know, PPL, PRS is pretty much where artists are making their money now along with tour, and it's certainly been the only way they've made money in the last couple of years, because there's been no touring. So I think it's really important that that's, you know, that advice is given, really.
2: Yeah, yeah, we recently, um, so I so I work with um, another girl called Anya, and we recently did um, an audit for a producer who's got, like, just maths credits on some massive massive acts who just never really registered anything or like checked that anything was registered and going through his catalogue and making sure it was all kind of linked back to him I was just like you are gonna get a serious back pay because this is just crazy um but yeah it's so important to be on top of that but all that admin stuff it's hard to keep on top of when you're an artist because there's so much like it's a full-time job um, just that side of it, if you if you want to kind of make the most of collecting royalties, it's it's just like you've got to be on top of it all the time.
0: And is that just trial and error? Did you learn that just because of your own experiences? Because I don't know where you'd go to learn those kind of you know, the kind of things that you're incorporating with teapot. I mean, is it just is that just you know the 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 decade and a bit of you doing what you've been doing?
2: Yeah, maybe. Like I think you know like when i was when i was um 15 starting to play my own songs there was no way that i knew of i mean i don't know when cd baby they were one of the first weren't they to yeah. kind of make it accessible but there was no way to put music on on onto the platforms like itunes at the time um unless you were signed so i can like through learning about distribution and stuff like that it, it kind of was trial and error because and then I and then like I always I'm reading about new tech and new kind of business in terms of music industry stuff and business books and all this kind of thing. So I think it was a bit of trial and error and just like constantly learning about the area that I'm in. Like I'm I'm really interested in the music industry because it's constantly changing and. Um, but I found out about PRS and PPL quite early on. I Probably probably when I first started, I was like, oh, yeah, I need to register for that. Right,
1: yeah. cool. <laughs> well, I can really recommend Anne Harrison's book, The Music Business. It's brilliant. Okay. Absolutely brilliant. And, and she's lovely as well. She came in and did a talk for some of my students, and she was oh, amazing. Okay. I mean, she did this talk about how you don't need a record deal to make money anymore. Because while she looks after the Prodigy, Adele, and some other big names, can't remember. Oh, Robbie Williams, small name, obviously. That slipped my mind. Who's that? Um, (laughs) But she also looks after a lot of grime artists who don't have record deals and and don't need them because they're making 10, 20 grand a month via streaming services and and so on. Yeah. She was brilliant. So I really recommend her book. Version 8 has just come out.
2: Cool.
0: And how busy does teapot keep you then
2: um it's probably 10% of right. what i do um the you know like the mentoring things had to take a bit of a back seat recently because i've been doing more management um of one particular artist who is making music that's... she's she's brand new um but there are a lot of there's a lot of interest in her at the moment and I'm trying to facilitate that as much as possible so the the one off kind of mentorship or the you know um, things like that has had to take a back seat because this is moving faster than I thought it would um so yeah but but I would say about 10% 10
0: because you you've, you've got that <clears throat> I mean to a certain extent all three of us have um, but but you probably more than us that Kind of portfolio career thing going on that you're doing, you know, your week will be split into half a dozen things, possibly more yeah. things, and they all contribute to an overall income. And it is, it was, and, and obviously, you can't carve it up to be right, well, 10% of my week is this and 10% because it doesn't work like that. But yeah. over the course of a month or a couple of months, you will end up doing, you know, a, a, a kind of a, a, a portion for each one. So, What's your kind of normal couple of months look like then? You know, if if you're saying teapots, the mentoring's about, you know, ten percent. The management's what sort of level now?
2: Um, in terms of time, yeah, roughly maybe twenty percent. Right.
0: So where's the rest 15, of the time going? Twenty
2: percent. Um, A lot of time is going into making videos and editing. Well, sometimes editing, although I do delegate that sometimes, um, which makes the process a lot faster. Um, And then, God, I mean, there's a lot of time spent emailing. (laughs) Like, way more more than I imagined. Um, It's hard to say, really. I think, like, I always like to keep a certain portion of time for like creating music but that that has got smaller recently that was the
0: bit i was trying Um, to get to actually
2: yeah the the like the creative time there's a lot of things that i feel like i do creatively but some of a lot of that is with with camera and with editing like that's um probably creative time is about 10 percent as well um i don't know whether that's because i've actually finished my next album Um, you know like during the process of writing and recording that it was a lot higher but at the moment it's 10% because there's there's a lot of other stuff to focus on in terms of like just just getting that released and getting enough visual content to promote that and stuff like that um but yeah for music it's about 10% at the moment
0: and of course when you're I guess when you're writing and recording what will become an album that's not income generating at that point is it in quite the same way
2: no no so yeah t- the the kind of focus becomes on for, for me it's just like how how to get and the recording done in a way that's like the best possible outcome in terms of like audio quality um within a certain budget within a certain time frame as well because if you're a perfectionist like i am and it's really hard to let go of stuff you could spend forever yeah. on something and then suddenly have not generated enough income to pay bills and so yeah. that's something that's on my mind as well when i'm when i'm doing an album because it's such a big project like at so my next album will have 9 songs on and like most albums have like i think between like 10 and 12 maybe songs um which a major label artist could spend 18 months making like i just don't have the time to do that so no.
1: yeah i think you'll find that all the best albums have nine tracks on them do they they do indeed from the oh. 70s i know you're too young but actually some of my favorite albums have just got nine tracks i went to see oh, um cool. i went to see steve Earle do a keynote speech i was i was gonna say a few years ago quite a few years ago now And he was talking about how he would caught his son um, illegally downloading music and he'd said to his son, which bit of this don't you understand? The house, the car, the pool, that's paid for by people buying my records. And his son had said to him, "Um, yeah, but dad, there's only like two or three good songs on any album. Why do I have to buy the whole album to get two or three good songs? And he then sort of like said that he sat and reflected on it and One of the issues that artists have had is that because a CD holds 74 minutes of material and a vinyl would hold 40 minutes of material, that actually artists have been going, well, I can fill it up and put 15, 16, 17 tracks on. But actually, those are the tracks that would have been (laughs) B-sides of singles because they weren't good enough to go on the album. And then what you end up with is a very watered-down piece of work. And Mm. nine or ten works really well. If they're just the nine best songs that you've got, just record them.
2: Yeah, I think I agree with that. And They just get shelved, wouldn't they? Like, nowadays, I mean, nowadays it's like songs getting shelved left, right and centre, but also portions of songs. Like, the the most popular songs on TikTok tend to be under two minutes, which is just mind-blowing to me because when I first started out, the industry standard for a pop song was 3.30, yeah. 3.45. And now, like, if you go in over two minutes, you better be you better be fast to, like, wind it down after that <laughs> because nobody's got time for that.
1: <laughs> well, it never hurt the Ramones, did it? They they could have got a whole album <laughs> of 15 songs done in half an hour. Yeah.
2: I mean, I it's going to be interesting to see what happens with live shows, like... With new artists, we're going to be in and out of a live show in like half an hour.
0: What? <laughs> well, no, because straight
2: straight back to the pub or what? I mean, what happens then?
0: Well, I don't think that was any different, was it? When you went to see a band do their first tour, they'd do extended versions of every song on the album, wouldn't they? I mean, there'd be guitar solos and bits in in you know, repeats yeah, of true. choruses, and you just pad it out. I mean, normally two cover versions. If you're going to see a band do its first headline tour, at least two cover versions of something yeah. just yeah just to pad it out well you got to
1: see many... i haven't
2: seen people doing covers at gigs lately and it's it's very different it's very like almost refreshing that it's just completely original stuff because it used to whenever i'd go to a gig like five years ago there was always a cover yeah. of some kind usually it was a bit off the wall like maybe a rock band would do a cover of whitney houston yeah you know that was such a novelty then, and it, it's kind of not now, is it? Well, you well, blame the every...
0: you blame the live lounge for that, don't you? Yeah. You
2: know, te- <laughs> yeah.
0: Ooh, let's take a quick song and play it on acoustic. That's oh, it's a good just a idea. Bloody
1: John Lewis adverts, isn't it? Acoustic well, it is that. What, <laughs> have you
0: seen the new the one? The one? I haven't Pop seen it yet. Song. Come on, no.
2: John Lewis adverts are great. They are great, but
0: I haven't seen the new one. Have you seen the new one?
2: Is it out? It now? came
0: out yesterday, I think.
2: Oh. No, is it
0: good? I don't know. I don't know if it would work on a podcast for us to have a little watch party of the of the John Lewis advert and all go ooh. No, uh, you're all right. All right, you can Jason. just
1: make the noises
2: and you can dub it over. Yeah. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. nice.
0: <laughs> I don't know how that works actually, but <laughs> oh, you are a Grinch, Jace. I oh, know. Thank you.
1: Uh, <laughs> My children really appreciate it.
0: But but, but you're right. I mean. Albums now 35, 40 minutes. How do you how do you do a live act based on yeah. that? But then again, have we got the attention span for a, for a, a a ninety minute or a hundred and twenty minute show anymore?
2: I mean, no. I think like average watch time of a YouTube video is shot down across the board as well. Um, like short form videos just kind of taken off, hasn't it? In in a in a way that I don't think anybody expected it to, especially vertical video.
0: I the, the strange thing about what you've just said there is I agree with that in one breath, but then mm. my kids will sit and watch the most mundane nonsense for extended period of time. <laughs> so Josh plays FIFA, and he, they do these things called uh, it's packs, foot packs, where they get players they can use in their FIFA squads, and they will watch for half an hour at a time. He'll watch some YouTuber open his foot packs, and it's and it's just like. I, I, it's like watching paint dry, and and he that sounds awful. and he'll do that for half an hour at a time. Or mm. Jack will watch another YouTuber, a, a Zebra Gamer, this guy, and he'll watch him play, you know, a, um, a Lego game on on Nintendo Switch, and he'll wa- or he'll watch him play Minecraft for an hour. He'll watch somebody else play <sighs> Minecraft for an hour.
2: Yeah, I don't get that. No. but that's because I'm now. Old, yes, so <laughs>
0: I mean, no, not you're old, but yes, you are in that respect, no,
2: yeah. We, we just it's the, it's just that thing, isn't it? Like, the whenever the younger generation start doing something, the older people just go, What are you doing? What's it all about? We just don't get it, do it. We? Well, We're not in that headspace, obviously. Well, I've
0: tried to get the kids into because because it's obviously it's going to come up again fairly recently. So, of, in in the future, I've tried to get the kids into the Christmas Radio Times.
2: Okay. Right.
0: So so you sit down with the Radio Times and you go through and you mark in the way we used to. You mark all the things you want to watch. And and the first time,
2: yeah, that's that's not no,
0: they don't watch
1: <laughs> television. No, right. but,
0: thing, but did, we did this last year and Josh quite liked it. And he marked all these things and said, right, well, I'm going to go and watch that one now then. And I'm like, well, that's not how it works, Josh. It's, it's in a <laughs> yeah, sequence. <on> <laughs> <laughs> it's not a Great. It's not a list Love of it. the things that are available. It's actually, it says the date and the time on the top of the page. And he couldn't get his head around it.
1: <laughs> no, why would they? Everything is on demand.
0: Yeah. Not everything.
1: I mean, my, my
0: kids. Well, if you what? want to watch the fourth episode
1: of Columbo Series 3, you might have to wait and watch it at... <sighs> <laughs> My kids watch TV with subtitles on now.
2: Oh yeah. yeah. Do you know what? I've heard a lot more people do yeah, that. Yeah, Jack does because um, they,
1: they don't concentrate enough on the story because mm. the phone's in the hand or something. It's it, it's it's ever so weird. I, I mean, I I can't watch. I can watch a subtitle film, but I can't watch an English subtitle no. film. That just, just defeats the object no. to me.
0: No, though there are a few bits from around where you are. I could probably need subtitles for. Oh.
2: Me?
1: <laughs> no, Jace. Me or Jace. No, I think he's talking about black country.
2: <laughs> okay. Oh, it's a cheap shot.
0: I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Anyway, we've only got Hannah for another eight minutes. You've got a hard stop at five, and I've still got. Uh, I've got well one question to ask actually, which is yeah. um, you. Um, you did a podcast in partnership with Toman. Yeah. Excellent, fantastic. Right, it's been lovely to have you, Hannah. Thank See you. you later. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so we did um, a series called Backstage Pass Podcast. We did 50 episodes with experts from within the music industry in different areas. And um, it was really just like a casual chat about different people's experience of working in music, um, which was like illuminating on certain topics for me. Yeah, it was great.
0: And was it strange to be asked by that particular brand? I mean because they don't have a reputation for um, creative sort of output do they I mean I mean
2: no I think that's I think it's changing um I think previous to like the podcast I don't think they did um whereas like now there's a lot of different like series of for them on particularly with like guitars and um drums on YouTube and and a lot of a lot of stuff on Instagram as well but it was something kind of like out of the blue I was about to start talking to different people and doing like little conversational YouTube videos and I'd posted something about this on my Instagram stories um didn't realize that that Turman followed me or anything like that but I got a message from them saying what are you do <laughs> and I was like I'm thinking about doing this thing and um and they're like that sounds great do you want to do it together and I was like oh like this could be really cool so it was kind of it kind of happened really organically but yeah it wasn't somebody who I would have imagined at that time would have wanted to work with me um yeah
0: and are you are you missing it when when did when did it finish
2: um well, we're just doing a break right now, right. so I, I do. I make another series for them called Music Without Theory, which is about um, trying to encourage people to make music in a way that isn't too kind of overwhelmed with theory knowledge. Yeah. Um, we we kind of did a pause on Backstage Pass podcast in. I, th- I feel like it was. Earlier this year, might have been March, um, yeah,
0: but that's coming back. There's there's plans to do more of that,
2: yeah, possibly. I think that there are certain areas within the music industry that I don't think we've spoken to experts there yet, so I'd like to, yeah, I'd like to do some more kind of conversations with. With more people in more niche areas, so we'll see. Okay. Yeah.
0: And what do you, after all of this and everything we've touched on, because we've we've gone a little bit scattergun and there's been a lot of things we've we've touched on a little bit. But what do you, what what? How would you define yourself now?
2: Um, my career is in an interesting point. <laughs> um, I think I was, I was very relaxed and safe in like my early 20s just being an artist um and now it's it's you know I've got my artist career um I'm doing these guest lectures on emerging music models about like generating revenue in different ways and through things like NFTs and the Chinese music market and and I'm writing a book, and I'm doing these brand deals for my own YouTube channel, and doing videos for other products and other other brands' channels, um, and the guest lectures and everything like that. I, I'm not really sure what I would say. I think I always wanted to have like a sustainable and long term career in music, and that's what I'm doing. But I don't know what the overall name would be, yeah. especially with the management stuff like. You would think that that would really clash with my artist project. Also managing another artist who's actually in a really similar genre, but because we're going down a major label route with her, it's, it's very two very kind of separate worlds of music. Um, I guess like, I guess like I'm a content creator and a musician, just music person.
1: It says entrepreneur on your um, website.
2: I mean, yeah, like uh, all, that kind of is all encompassing these days for so many different things, isn't it? So maybe we should just run with that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> musicpreneur. <laughs>
2: musicpreneur. Yeah, musicpreneur. I like that. We'll
0: go with musicpreneur. Hannah, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much uh, for for finding the time. Um, and hopefully, and, and, for uh, hope, me. well, we'd, we'd like to think that A, we might see if you'd like to come and do the guitar show. When, when it kicks off again, if, if that's something that'd be interesting and you'd, you'd, yeah, you'd like to be there. But but also that maybe we could check back in again on the podcast further down the line and just catch up. Because you could have done 10 or 15 different things, you know, given six months.
2: Yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Yeah, I'm kind of... Um... There's so many other things that are, that are on the back burner at the moment that really interest me that at some point, whenever I get the time, I want to dive into them too. So I'm sure there'll be new things to talk about next time I see you, but we should definitely get tea cakes going for that Oh, yeah. As well, well
0: we're, we're way overdue. We'll do tea <laughs> cakes very, very soon. Uh, thank you very much yep. and uh, look forward to seeing you next time. Thank you.
2: Cool. You too. Thanks.
0: And that was Hannah Trigwell. Um, and we've let her dive off because she had a hard, she had a hard stop at five. Yes, well, um, she's got a young
1: daughter, hasn't she? And we've all been she there. has.
0: We've all been there, so we'll we'll wrap up. But um, what an amazing amount of stuff she's packed into what? not much over a decade. Oh, it's it's
1: just incredible because what she said she's like late twenties or something. Yeah, uh, which is just mental, given that she started doing this in what two thousand and ten, two thousand and eleven, something like that. Uh, and and we've had two years out effectively from any form of career um incredible and and
0: still managed to fit in a biology degree that she doesn't need well yeah, degrees i think that's showing off if i'm being honest <laughs> just just a little bit a yeah. little bit showing off
1: um we need to remember to thank our friends at focus right we do um thank you thank you focus right and uh, happy birthday rich um I'll see you next week for a coffee. Are we having a coffee with Rich next week? Yeah, yeah.
0: Oh, nice, passing my best. I will. Okay. And hopefully the next time that we we uh, we talk, we won't both sound quite so
1: nasally. Yeah, yeah. This is just the joys of being back out in public, isn't it? It's yes. not COVID, because I have to lateral flow test three times a week, so now I haven't got COVID, it's just a stinking cold.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, there's, the, the colds that are floating around are bloody horrible at the moment. They just... I thought Monday, Tuesday, I thought, oh, it would be a 24-hour thing, I'll shake it off by Tuesday. And it's just still hanging around, five past five on Friday evening. Yeah. Bloody awful.
1: Yeah, well, I thought I'd got over it. I had it last week, got over it early part of this week, and it started with a vengeance again yesterday. Yeah. Horrible, innit? Yeah. Um, uh, should we go and go have a lemsip? Go and have a lem sip. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah right. I'm gonna have a lemon sip, and and I'll uh, I'll catch you next time.
1: All right, mate. See you soon.
0: Take care. Bye bye. Thanks for listening to to 9to42, the podcast from the team at The Guitar Show UK. If you've enjoyed the show, then please remember to hit the subscribe button and share with other like-minded souls. For more information about 9to42, please follow us on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram at The Guitar Show UK. This has been an A Short Stories production.